Earthlings, and welcome to your weekly dose of newsy infotainment. It's Let's Be Treasonable coming to you from Treasonable Studios in Los Angeles with your cognitive dissidents on the panel this week. Comedian, world traveler, economist, and the host and creator of the Villains of History podcast, which I highly recommend. Ladies and gentlemen, Kat Alvarado. Hello, it's me. Hey, welcome back. It's We were talking earlier. I don't think you've uh, been on the panel since yeah, late October. I, mm-hmm, I, I, yeah, I've been uh, super busy running around doing cool projects. It's been, it's been a heck of a last few months. Getting your hair did. Yes, getting my uh, hair done. Looks fantastic. Thank Dig you. Digging the red. Mm-hmm. La I, uh, Roja. Yes. <laughs> I like it. I like red. It, like, it pops. It's fun. I had a commercial agent for four years, and so I only could have like boring brown hair. And now that uh, now that I don't, I'm having fun. Well, right mm-hmm. on. Welcome to the world of fun. She Thank got ready to assist the curls. <laughs> oh, they're coming back. They're just ironed out for the yeah, day. Yeah, I'm just protesting. They, you know, that's <laughs> a, they're always there. Listeners, I have Inside very curly hair, it, just so you know. It's, I, you know, it, it's, this is one of those things where I know I'm old when, like, the first time I saw you without your hair, like, blown out, and it was like, brought me back to those days of junior high when it's like, oh, look who came to school with a perm. <laughs> It's <laughs> like, no, it's natural. Oh, yeah. awesome. Well, you just heard him here, and you're going to be hearing more for him. It is always a pleasure to have him with us every week. Comedian, scholar, and the black voice of reason, Mr. Time and Ship in the house. Uh, power to the people. Good to be here, Dave, and to get to see the beautiful cat. Yes, she is with us, guys. Looking really hot with the hot red hair. Yes, she is. Yes. <laughs> Wish you could see it. You will eventually. And and your hair also looking great, Ty. Thank you. Yeah, you did not, something with the eyebrows. What's yeah. your secret? Yeah. Oh, you know, hey. a product in there. Yeah, a little cut off here and there. Yeah, I you know on, Skin on this is topic because I'm not going to leave myself out. I I have I I love my uncle. Let's just get that like established first. Wonderful guy, big heart. Uh, he's had some health problems over the years, and he loves to poke shit at other people. I was over, uh, you know, visiting family last week, and uh, I was putting uh, some furniture together in the garage with my cousin. My uncle, like, he's had some health issues. He's using a walker, and he's coming by the garage, and uh, he says, "Hey, that bald spot's getting a lot bigger." And just because there were already a couple drinks in me, I didn't think I didn't stop myself. I said, "Hey, at least my legs work." Oh. And- <laughs> And I, I mean, he knows I'm joking, but I still, I've been feeling bad about that all week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, me, oh, hey, who's the rude guy who's insulting his family about things they can't do anything about? Well, me, I'm Dr. David Robinson. I'm your Vin Scully for the impending apocalypse, which, oh, judging by this week, I don't know who's going to start it, but I'm guessing the reason why they started is currently being impeached. So, well, he's already <laughs> been impeached. Uh, he's just now um, going through a sham trial that uh, took up a good chunk of the week, and it was it was an interesting process. Uh, I I spent the week. I was actually working on another project uh, that I didn't have time, you know, because. Y'all know me. I would I would have been sitting like glued to the TV watching. You know, it's it's uh, last week on on Bill Maher. I think uh, Jonathan Meacham called it uh, dork porn. 
You know, and it's like, yeah, Pretty you much. know, it's like, oh, but that's all those kids who are in speech debate in high school in like a, what do don't they have like a mock trial club in a lot of schools? I think they do. They I mean, model we just, UN, those yeah, kids, those we, kids we just had the, uh, the debate <laughs> really team good. and uh, IE, uh, all mm-hmm. independent events, also known as forensics, uh, you know, reading, reading shit dramatically. That was what mm-hmm. we did. So fun. I left, I left the arguing to the people who I couldn't stand because it's like, wait, they're no rules. I did debate. Rules I did for debate arguments? one time and I thought it was so well I used to do spar which is like the 10 minute it's like a 10 minute debate where like literally like it's like really structured like 30 second opening 30 second opening then a rebuttal a rebuttal then closing then closing it, it's like really like divvied up and then they score it that was fun I I, I think I was I won every single one that I did. So then I tried to do the debate debate. I think it was like Lincoln Douglas did one and the other team, I think it was the the prompt was like is her story the same as his story? Like the history her story. Right. And I don't really remember the substance of our debate. Hi Siri, shut up. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember the substance of the debate, but I was really pissed because they just changed the time frame of it. Like, they're like, well, our argument takes place in, like, 1962. (laughs) And so they won based off of this technicality to make our argument invalidated. And I was so mad. I was like, fuck debate. Well, these futurists, speaking about current times, (laughs) yeah, I see anyone who's... Well, I haven't really done it on this show, but the show that preceded this, The Cause Effect, when we had... before the election, when there were still Republicans who could pass as reasonable, mm-hmm. um, anyone who listened to that show, especially when Ari David was on, uh, representing the conservative side, good old Ari, knows that I I fight fair when I'm when I'm arguing, but I also know that when you are arguing with someone who refuses to acknowledge basic facts. I think it's okay to do everything you can to make them look like a crazy person, not through ad hoc arguments, but you, I know what buttons to push. And so I'm not going to make you seem crazy. You're going to make you seem crazy. And since it's Sneaky. coming from you, everyone's going to believe you're crazy because if I so call you, you gaslight nuts, your opponents, is that what you're no, saying? no, no, no. I bring out, I bring out the worst in them. I see. <laughs> you know, okay. it's, it's like, cause like right now, if I were to, and I'm not going to, you know, we're, we're going to do a little thought experiment. We're going to see how long it takes me to piss cat off. No, we do that before the show. Um, but like if, you know, if you and I were arguing and I'm trying to establish like, well, this is, this is the, no, it's not the law. That's not, then I'm just going to, well, I know what really upsets you and what's going to make you start screaming and going off like a banshee. And, and so I'm going to make you go there. So I'm not, I'm not gaslighting you. I feel like that's what he does in every single episode of his show is just to piss off every single Democrat. His thing. Yeah. But his thing is he's the one without the facts and he, his thing is he will maintain the line of bullshit until the the liberal guests are like, well, that's that's just patently wrong. Yeah, I mean, you're you're what the fuck are you doing? You know, and so, but they're never. My gonna, technique yeah. is to use the actual facts, okay, and then just piss you off enough so that you start ranting and raving like a crazy person. That works and really then, well because right I'm doing it very <laughs> very rationally, very calmly, and you're foaming at the mouth. Well, which one of us is going to seem more credible? I see. The one who's not frothing. Mm. That's, you know, 
It's fun. You have to be good at it, though. You yeah. have to know the person's buttons. I mean, you can't just, you know. And it's it's like karate for the people who call it karate. I'm getting you, flashbacks you have to my parents skills. fighting growing up as a when I was a teen. That's, I feel that's, like that was a dynamic there. This, you know, we we learn at home. Uh, and that's the thing. It's that's like, like what my mom would skill. do every time she'd say to my dad, I will pray for you. <laughs> you are so angry. I will pray for you, for your soul. Yeah. Pretty much. You That'll find you find make the someone more mad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Uh, so can we turn up my monitor a little bit. Oh yeah, absolutely. But yeah, that's the thing. It's uh, you know, you you if you're just trying to win an argument, yeah, then Perfect. you know, you use the skills at hand. But these with great power comes great responsibility. That you can't just run around pissing everyone off mm-hmm. just because you can. Use use that skill judiciously and because if you do it all the time, then People aren't going to see you as someone who like gets in arguments with crazy people. They're going to see you as a manipulative motherfucker who just likes to push people's buttons. I see. And you know, who tricky. wants who wants to get in a conversation, let alone an argument with that guy? Nobody. So you know, see. you don't walk around being that guy. That's all the, the time. kind of person who you elect as president. See. Well. <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah, it's well that's that's who we have well we didn't elect the electoral college. But you want someone who knows the skills, knows when when to use them. Well Adam Schiff seemed like he knows the skills. Holy crap. You know, there's I I you know, it's it's not a man crush, but using the John Meacham dork porn uh comparison, it's like God, yeah, I watching Adam Schiff this week it 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 has been amazing uh his his closure on the argument for the first article was so fantastic and you can tell it's fantastic because when he brought up the uh the cbs report about the uh trump insider who said that trump had basically threatened republican senators uh, saying I will I will fundraise for you if you got my back I will give you money if you say anything against me your campaign is toast I will primary the fuck out of you it doesn't matter if you've got you know a child molester like Roy Moore running against you I will back the child molester because I am Donald Trump and I love child molesters and it's a game that we're winning you know and so you can tell that Schiff like really. What what I was just talking about that he hit the button on the Republicans. Well, well, oh yeah, because, even Susan Collins because was yeah, like, he yeah. Lost they're like there, they were true. so yeah, and that's I mean, how he, you know they couldn't attack his argument on substance, but when he quoted someone else from their side that s- described exactly how in the bucket these people are for Trump and how opposed to the Constitution and law and all the stuff that they swore to uphold, they truly are. That's what upset them. It's it's the whole premise that, well, no, racism isn't bad. It's calling people racists. That's bad. Right. You're the horrible person because right. you're pointing out our racism. Right. And it's like, uh, no, I mean, I, racists that, are still worse. In the my fact book. that he would, you know, uh, he got emotional on what uh, at the end of uh, his things that he was so. He's like, how can you guys not see this shit? And I don't know. I'm, I don't know if you guys have watched any of the the. You know, when they interviewed a Republican, no one will say anything toward this toward Trump. They won't even even if you got him dead to right, they will 
flip that shit right in front of you. Yeah, and say and, and and say no. Well, we got to see before. I mean, he can't say that, and we've heard this before, and they've been saying that, and it's, it was a perfect call, and it, it you know it was, and then they brought in. Well, it was you know. Not it was Burisma and and you know it was the Ukraine and and you know and then Just lie and deny lie and deny and the, and, and the irony of it all especially the Hunter Biden Burisma thing they're like oh. Uh, the the corruption in Ukraine and he's just against corruption. Well, two things are wrong with those with that take. Love Number Parnas one, and Igor Furman. <laughs> there's that. <laughs> okay, two more uh, things. Two more things. There is the fact that okay, Jared Kushner and his daughter Ivanka are a part of the government just on the basis of being his kids. Well, I mean, ch- child-in-law and daughter, right? That well, seems corrupt to I, me. Jared, on the same Jared basis. is like the son that Donald Trump never had. Exactly, <laughs> he, was, he was successful with another family's money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So, so you you've got that. I mean, you can't. And even Jared's dad went to jail. Oh yeah. There's that. So you can't. It, that's like a pot calling the kettle black as far as nepotism, as far as people using their family connections to get into places of power. But worse, because Hunter Biden at least got a job with a private company, not with the freaking government itself right so there's there's that piece it's totally hypocritical the other piece is that there is um uh gosh i am forgetting the name of it but there is a a, an act that's against foreign corruption maybe that's what it's called like the foreign (laughs) anti-corruption act probably that trump actually opposes because supposedly it makes it harder to do business in other countries so he's like no yes we should be able to pay bribes to businesses in other countries or to whoever in other countries i remember that that. so how can you be against corruption and then also for corruption no that does not make sense well it's you know it's, I mean, they like laid Richard it out Nixon in their said, it's not a crime when the president does it. It's like Ron Howard's voice should come in here. It is a crime when the president does it. <laughs> Let's get a little rest of development in here. Uh, but you know, and you you sort of bring up another issue that has really been bothering me. Uh, and uh, you know, because I'm I'm not like you know going to go to the math for him, but I, I like Bill Maher. Uh, mm-hmm. I like his show. Big fan, yeah. And. Uh, second episode of the new season last night, and he's been pushing this thing of, yeah, you, you can hate Trump, but you can't hate his supporters. And uh, I, I, no, you you totally can. You absolutely can. Now, I'm not going to use the wide paintbrush and say that anyone who supports Trump is a sexist. They're a racist. Uh, they're they're uh, a gun nut. They're a Nazi straight up. But there's but there are a lot of them who are. Yep. And you cannot ignore the fact that if you are a Trump supporter, you are, if not actively engaged in being a Nazi, being a gun nut, being a a he-man woman hater, uh, being a racist, if you're not actively doing that, you're at least okay with it. Well, you here, believe here's the that thing the, the, the I means think they justify are people. Because oh, I, well, I think a lot they're of idiots. Those don't the, the people like who are in the semi-own. in the middle-ish. They think that they they would agree with us that those things are wrong, that it's wrong to be a racist, misogynist, et cetera, and so forth. But they don't think that those people are. Does that make sense? They think oh, yeah. it's all it's, a hubbub well, made it's, up it's by the, the left whole, to oh, paint them with a brush. Oh, he's just joking. 
is that he's just joking, but then also like they they've listened to enough of the arguments from the right that they hear the rationalizations of all the things, and they're looking at them and they don't see the forest for the trees. It and, was, and that's where it's it's kind of hard to argue with them because you don't always know like what all logic they've been listening to from the other side. Because you know, and I've had friends who are pretty far to the right. I, I don't really speak to them anymore at this point because they've gone off the freaking deep mm-hmm. end. But when I used to speak to them and I would hear them, like you hear the logic in what they're saying. It's almost like well, well but like it still sounds better a, than the original German. Yeah, you know? it's, it's, well, it's kind of like if you hang out with a Scientologist. At first, when they talk about it, you're like, oh, this is going to help me. Oh, this is this makes sense to do and try out. But if you take a step back and you're like, oh, wait, all of this is just leading to horrible shit, then you're like, oh, wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. Well, yeah. I, I, it's funny you say that. The, the, uh, those guys at my cigar lounge were talking, and Jim Crow came up. And the white, one white dude I, said, I, I've been hearing about him a lot. He's doing great things. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> and so he, so. Eric Jim says, Crow and Frederick Douglass, uh, 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 those uh, guys, right? Well, Eric's a white dude, and 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 Roe is the the brother. And Eric says to Roe, you know, uh, you know, well, you know, you don't really know Jim Crow, man. I know Jim Crow. He said, no, but you can't. And he was so Eric's, you know, was trying to tell, you know, Roosevelt about the Jim Crow era. Well, Roosevelt is sixty three years old, <laughs> and. Eric is 50, 55 years old. And so, you know, Roosevelt told him, I lived this. My parents lived this. What are you going to tell me about Jim Crow? And, and the dude said, well, I could tell you. He said, you know what? What I think you should do is just shut the fuck up. <laughs> because you don't know. And you have not felt this. He said, and, and he said, if we go any deeper, and one of the guys, one of the white dudes said, older white guy said, uh, yeah, you need to shut the fuck up. And, and because he couldn't, you know, because he was trying to rationalize. I said, "How do you rationalize Jim Crow?" And well, dude, usually, shut up. And usually, it's uh, like, "Oh, it wasn't as and... the liberals exaggerated. It wasn't as bad as they say that it was, and so their anger about it is not as justified as they say that it was." It's this whole thing. It's like, okay, it's like when you have so you ever knitted something. <laughs> like if you look at a knitted blanket and you see like there's a stitch and it's like two feet into the blanket. You want to undo that, you have to pull at the string at the very top. And that's how you get to being an almost Nazi is you have to unravel the basic parts that everybody agrees with. And when that includes things like slavery was wrong and the Jim Crow era was cruel and horrible. And when you start to defray those things, then there's a next level beyond that. And the liberals exaggerate a lot of things about racism and therefore the liberals are crazy gaslighters right. and they're gaslighting us and therefore it's okay to support republicans because they're not really in favor of anything that's harming anyone and then yeah we're not racist we just have very rational reasons why we don't want blacks or mexicans in our neighborhood absolutely that's that's kind of racist by definition in a house next door to mexicans they have very loud parties they go deep into the night like Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, they're gonna take our women dave i've seen these black people on tv 
they're dangerous. They're going to take our women, but we can screw their women and rape them, but they can't. No, they might. Well, when it's rape, it's not sex. It's not for procreation. That's just for power, which is fine because we're white. We're supposed to have the power. It says so in this Bible that was edited by white people. It's it's all pulling at the string. You pull at the string at the top, and it's just layer by layer. You go down to the deepest part. like You you go all the way down, and, and that's where it gets so tricky and toxic in that middle area where you can start to accept these false premises but they don't seem false because there's enough reality in it that you right. are like this to checks out i think this checks out lie. yeah and it's yeah it's right there and the next thing you know you're going abortion is genocide you're hanging out with nazis and you don't have a sweater <laughs> good for you motherfucker <laughs> Because sometimes these analogies are truths. Uh, but no, I think you're absolutely right. And it's, uh, you know, we're, we're doing this show. We're recording on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we had the House impeachment managers doing the opening arguments. Very logical, uh, very, you know, fact-based, it, you know, laying out the facts as they have been established through witnesses, through the president's own deeds, and through everything else, well, the the president's uh, attorneys are starting their defense case today, which I will listen. I will, you know, I'm going to check it out. I'm going to read about it. But I'm I'm guessing their defense uh, of the facts as presented by the House impeachment managers, their defense of that is pretty much, blah, 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 I am not listening to you. <laughs> you know, and... And the problem is there are enough idiots out there, which why is why, you know, this whole thing started with me attacking Bill Maher's premise. Yes, you can hate his supporters. It is perfectly fine to hate them, not because they are Trump supporters, but because of what makes them Trump supporters and what sweaters they're willing to unravel, what lies they're willing to believe, what truths they're willing to ignore. And what truths and, and and it's active. It's not like a passive thing. You have to. You really have to go out of your way to ignore the truth, as these people are. So you know what? Yeah, I fucking hate them. And- you no, know, I hate is the broken educational system in this country because there is so much. I think we wouldn't be dealing with if people actually knew things. And I mentioned this to you guys before we started recording. But I had a friend who was one of those guys who's like. Yeah, those loud, annoying feminists who are opposed to everything. And when I told him about what women faced in this, like before the seventies, how women um, couldn't own property, couldn't get credit cards, couldn't even run in a marathon if they wanted to, let alone like have a, a legitimate corporate job, let's say, which I mean, in theory they could. It wasn't illegal, but people wouldn't hire them for it. Um, face You're a secretary. You're a woman. Have yeah. you looked in the mirror? Yeah, you face discrimination. If you got pregnant, you basically lost your job. Um, he was shocked. He didn't know. He thought feminists were just being loud and annoying for no reason. And he's like, no, no, no. They're, they're legitimate, absolutely legitimate reasons for this. And And I don't, I don't think he would be the guy who he is with his point of view of feminists are loud and annoying if he was actually educated about the things that women faced. And I think we see this, it's just across the board though. Like he's just one guy from a shitty area of Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Now, well, and also to add, that out. to add to that, I mean, I don't like to hear him say it all the time, but women of color, okay, you being a, a Latina and, and you have, the, that is a whole 
you had the the white feminists, but then you did. I mean, Latinas and 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 African American women didn't even feel that they were even, they weren't even allowed in her area because she was actually separate. She got what they were not. I mean, they had been pulling up with so much. Think about it. You're dealing with the racial, and you're dealing with the fact that you're a woman. You got a double deal. So just like with um, when they're talking about women being paid the same, uh, do would you pay? And, and especially in Hollywood, you think uh, uh, Jennifer Lopez and Meryl Streep should be paid the same amount of money, or do you believe that? Uh, a Viola Davis and Meryl Streep should be paid the same amount of money. But I'm just saying, on a woman's right. standpoint, I'm not even putting, I mean, because the, the, the fight, if you're going to do that, and this is where it gets tricky with this, especially when you're dealing with the whole feminist and you end up, race is going to come in there too because of what they've been dealing with since this country has been, has been brought together. You're going to deal with, and I'm just putting it out there, I'm not making it yeah or nay, but it's it it makes it very tricky and makes it very hard because they're because those particular women are going to expose that. So you had that on top of the fact because you're a woman, just like in uh, what's it uh, 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 the figures movie um, hidden, hidden figures. figures hidden figures love that that movie so Kevin good. Costner did not exist. They put that character in there because they needed a white hero. Mm-hmm. Those black women were not allowed, and like you said, why? You, like your cat, you're talking about education. Why didn't we know about this? Where were these women at? Why weren't we told? And these were put in our books. So you often get this subject. And the other piece of that is, is white people aren't taught how to emotionally deal with the fact of of our past. Because I am half Latina and also half white, so I don't want to deny my whiteness as well. Um, but pe- there's no class that is, or, or person who tells you, okay, your ancestors did a lot of shitty crap and you must feel bad about that now. Here's how you cope with that without lashing out. But right? you know, and, I, and I think as much as that like caters to what some might call white fragility uh, and they might, like some great people book. might <laughs> resent that. Um, I think it needs to be addressed because if you don't address it, you get what we've got now, which is a bunch of resentful people who don't know how to deal with their emotions. And they don't know why everyone's so mad at them. So then they deny the past outright because they don't know how to handle the uh, emotional. What's the word when when things are inconsistent? The dis not dysphoric dissonance dissonance the cognitive dissonance because everybody wants psychologically to feel like they are good people. Mm -hmm. Now you're giving them evidence like, hey. Your past is shitty. Well, we were, we were talking uh, be, before uh, you showed up. Uh, another uh, buddy was over here, and we were talking about the the old uh, from the eighties movie Falling Down with Michael Douglas. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a he's a white guy, uh, like a defense contractor, pocket protector, briefcase, short sleeve, white dress shirt with a tie, and has a spectacularly shitty day. And you know, at he. He's stuck. He gets fired. Then he's stuck in traffic on the 405, and he gets out of his car and he like goes to a, a convenience store and he wants to get a quarter for the payphone to call his wife. And the the it's a Korean guy and he won't sell. He won't just give him change, uh, so he has to buy something in order to get change. And Twinkies are like a dollar, and he's like Twinkies are a dollar. This is bullshit. And he like starts fucking up the store and everything, and it escalates from there. And at the end of the movie, you know, when the police helicopters and everything surrounding him and, and guns are pointed at him, and he's like, wait, wait I'm the bad guy? And he's like, yes, yes, you are. 
and it's it's that ignorance of the the world around you and the the effect that it has and the fact that the education and the textbooks are written from one perspective and i i mean it's there are different textbooks in different states uh texas and california you know and there are different laws so it's not all the same but largely education has come from that one perspective. Yeah, and you talk about how we shouldn't hate Trump support, or you say we sh- we can well, hate. We're yeah, allowed I don't to say hate we should, Trump supporters. But I think you can hate definitely a subset of them who are like official neo-Nazis. But, and like I said, a lot of people are going to disagree with me that we shouldn't do the emotional labor of helping out white people who can't figure out why things are bad and who don't understand the plight of people of color. I, I think as a service to society, we do kind of need to be okay with educating them and helping them cope a little because if we don't, if we're just like, you take care of yourself, you figure that out on your own. Why don't you educate yourself? I think white people have already shown you can't leave them alone. (laughs) Mm -hmm. They just, it's like the cat in the hat. You know, you leave the white people alone and they're going to fuck shit up. Yeah. Well, I mean, I say that as someone who, you know, I mean, Everyone you have to, you, you want have to, you, you do have to want to know the truth. And that, a lot of guys uh, don't want to know. I mean, you can't have this discussion. You should be able to have this discussion. I mean, just like I was, I, I was, when I was here, and I forget the girl's name, but we were talking, and she didn't know that who the hell Emmett Till was. And pretty much, and you know, and even though she was, what, 35, I think she's in her early 30s, you know, uh, a lot of people don't know. You know, about civil rights, like you were saying, the one guy didn't know the rights for women because people don't read. The average American, only only 3% of the average American actually read books today. Even if you made education free, in which I believe they did because education is so expensive that it should be free. The only free education you can get is in a library that you can go get a free book, a book card, but because we have so many distractions with cell phones, even this could be an actual, you know, that's a library in your hands, right there. You just want to use it to play exactly Pokemon Go, yeah. I mean, whatever the kids are doing these days, right? But I mean, they don't want they don't want to do that. So there's so many distractions, you know, and what people find important. You can't have a conversation. You can't have a deep conversation. Well, but I think also it's you know the the messaging is so important and not to go all, you know, Marshall McLuhan here, you know, but I went, I went to the women's March in LA last week. Right. And there was, uh, I, I'm sure there were some women in their group, but it it was funny because, you know, it was, it was just fucking noisy. Everybody trying to talk, you know, the Jesus guy with his giant placard, you know, like three poster boards up a giant stick which was then planted up his ass, you know, and just, it, it was ridiculous. One of my favorite parts of the women's march, though, was when they made the Jesus guy move because he had like all, like 20 feet of signs, you know, saying that God hates women and all that shit. Oh my God. But he was, his signs were blocking the camera view of the uh, sign language interpreter for the deaf. So, I, you know, just, we're not saying take your message elsewhere. We really are, but you you just need to move it out of the cameras because Jesus likes deaf people. Does you know? I mean, they didn't say that, but it was it was just so glorious. It's like someone who's whose head is so far up their ass with their own message that it's you're, you're missing you know a good chunk of the audience who are probably thankful they can't hear you anyway. But there was this one group. 
uh, and they, you know, they had signs that, you know, America was never great and, you know, it was founded on genocide and everything. All valid points. But the thing was, they were like the first street up from where the stage was on Grand Park. And guy had a bullhorn and a loudspeaker. And it was a guy. And it's like, I really, it's, I had to stop myself from helping so many people who really needed it that day. And because some of it, it was like, there was mansplaining that would have been involved, which you don't want to do at a women's march. You know, I'm not going to, but actually your sign, it's your business. But I really wanted to go up to this guy and go, okay, uh, let me just say first, you you got some good points. I, I think you got a good message here. Delivering it as a man speaking over a loudspeaker very close to the stage at the women's march, maybe not the best idea. Find a woman in your organization to be yelling over other women. A a friend of mine was telling me, another comic, who was telling me he wrote about, he wrote like an article, I want to say in Deadline, um, in the late 2000s about Bill Cosby being a rapist. So this was a few years before Hannibal Buress brought it up. Right. And then he was going to, but then a family member said, take that out of the article. Cause it was about, it was about like the comedy world and like certain hypocrisies about being like a, a dirty comic versus a clean comic. And he was going to call out Bill Cosby. Someone was like, don't do that. You're going to get like massacred. Don't. And then my friend was going, and then Hannibal Buress did it. And I could have been the one who had brought it up again and like saved the world. I said, but you're a white guy. Hannibal Burris is black and some messages need to be delivered by the right person to be heard and accepted. So just like this white guy on the bullhorn at a women's march. Well, he was a Latino guy. Oh, oh. Uh, but it was a guy on a oh, bullhorn at the women's the march talking okay. over Maxine Waters. You know? Oh my and it's God. like, dude, you know, oh, good. messaging, <laughs> man. But like, you know, Stern like, was optics. actually. It matters. It matters optics. Who Look says at the it. optics, it man. Yeah. Actually, Howard Stern took Burris's thing and he really is the one who elevated because her Stern hates Bill Cosby. Always hated him, and so he well, brought. Bill Cosby birth. looks down on all the dirty stuff. With the dirty Stern and the is filth, like the Warren, filth king and of filth, right? And, uh, right, yeah. I mean, but they, you know, when he when Stern got hold of it, he was like, "No, mind you, this had been around for years." It well, right, new. but but Howard Stern couldn't start it by virtue of being the white guy, right? So he, so when he got Hannibal it, Burris opened the door. He said, "Go ahead, check it." So Burris was telling everybody, "Go and check. It's on Google. If you Google it." Bill Cosby, rape, all this stuff and all this. But, you know, and then, you know, he had paid people. And the story had basically died because mm-hmm. he pay, he did pay people. And then all of a sudden Stern said, fuck this, got hold of it. And all that stuff opened back up because he got on a bigger platform. Now, Burris's career did take off. I mean, because I didn't know who the fuck he was. I had never heard of Hannibal Burris. I, said, I don't think I knew any black people named Hannibal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Daquan. Random ass name. Yeah, Daquan, Ray Sean, you know, maybe, uh, you know, Poochie Pookie? Man. Poochie Man, you know, but But nah. you gotta say, for, for having your kid have a tough name so that they don't get beat up, I feel like Hannibal's a good call. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, he, he, especially I if he's... people. Or if you need someone like, hey, who should we uh, cross the Alps with? I think Bress is doing anything. Bress? You know, Hannibal Bress. Oh, well, Yeah. Yeah, Perfect. let's get with him. a fine that's a, that's Chianti. That's a deep cut. That's a deep cut. <laughs> yeah, with a fine Chianti. Yeah. I'm, I'm like doing my backdoor audition for Villains of History. <laughs> uh, but speaking of rapists, Donald Trump, 
Anyway, uh, <laughs> so we we are in an election year. The Iowa caucuses are less than two weeks away, and we, you know, as I mentioned, Women's March. We didn't have a show last week, but last week or the week before last weekend, uh, the Washington Post had a sort of a, a survey, a thing, a, a fun, a fun game, a pastime, if you will, where they they had interviewed uh, all the Democratic candidates for president and sort of narrowed down a list of 20 policy positions. And so you could take this thing and you answer the questions and then at the end it tells you who you are most aligned with uh, in in the field of Democratic presidential contenders. So I thought it would be fun, you know, shits and giggles, and, you know, because we talk a lot on this show about who we who we want, and I, I thought it would be interesting uh, to find, like, do I, do I really support the candidates I support policy-wise? And I was I was delighted to find that I I have chosen wisely. I have gone from the heart and from the mind, and I am the the one who placed highest on my list is the candidate who I've been pushing for for a while. But I was really surprised at who else came up. So I'll I'll share my results first, and uh, and then we'll 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 go around the room, um, because uh, the the two leaders who agreed with me on 13 points. Uh, and if you've been following the show and you followed this discussion up to this point, you, you already know that it told me uh, my, my dream date is Elizabeth Warren. Woo! We agree on 13 points and <laughs> <laughs> 13 out of 20. It's, uh, you know, it's like, all right, good. I am, I am like my, my thought process is not fully emotional. There is some thought in there. But what surprised me is that tied with Elizabeth Warren uh, for me in this in this survey, Tom Steyer, also thirteen points of agreement. And I got to say, it's like I am I am a fan of Tom Steyer uh, since he started like before he even got into the race, and he was spending all his money on the ad campaign to get Trump impeached. I was like, you know what? I think I kind of like this guy, and I still like him. Uh, but having seen him in the debates. I, I like him. I don't like him for president. But I think he's got some great ideas. I think if he wants to throw his money around, and, and he's, a, you know, he's a billionaire, he's got the money. I, I think he can truly be a force for good. But part of my thinking is, you know, we're, we tried the Washington outsider. And I, we need someone, and I, I'm certainly not comparing uh, Tom Steyer to Donald Trump in terms of education and knowledge, because Steyer is smart and he does know things. Donald Trump, conversely, is not and does not. Uh, but I think you, you do need to have at least some of the experience working in the trenches in Washington to have the contacts, to be able to get things done. And Steyer doesn't have that. So I was a little disappointed. My number three, who uh, I also was not that surprised, uh, coming in with 12 points of agreement, Amy Klobuchar, who yeah. I've been touting as the potential dark horse. She is the tortoise that could she take really on the is. other hairs. I really thought she'd be out. I thought she was going to be one of the first ones to go out. I did not expect her to outlast Cory Booker. Slow and steady wins the race. Or Kamala. 
Yeah. And she's moderate, you know, which a lot of people are looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, I might in, actually vote for her in I'd, the primaries. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still thinking I'm going to vote for Warren in the primaries, but I, think I she like sabotaged herself with the whole Medicare for all with waffling on that. And I don't know if, uh, if a lot of progressives are going to really go for her. And that's her thing is being progressive. So, I mean, I'm still undecided about how progressive I want to go. But well, I don't for the think, primaries. I don't I'm, think that Elizabeth Warren can go all the way for the primary, so I'm not going to waste my vote on her. All right, fair enough. Um, but it's coming she, in at number four, well, just real okay, quick, because I want to wrap me up, and then I want to yeah, get okay, to you guys. Okay, good, good. Uh, number four on my on my chart uh, with 11 points of agreement, and uh, actually there were there were a few that were tied for number four, but Joe Biden. 11. Uh, so I was, I was happy he was up there. I was, I was shocked and disturbed that uh, Tulsi Gabbard even charted in terms of agreement with me. But uh, yeah, my, my rankings just by policy agreement. Uh, Elizabeth Warren and Tom Steyer with 13 points of agreement. Amy Klobuchar with 12. Coming in with 11, I had Joe Biden, Mike Bloomberg, uh, Tulsi Gabbard. Andrew Yang, 10 points of agreement. Hmm. And with only nine... Bernie Sanders. Very interesting. Yeah. I would have expected you to have more on there for Bernie Sanders. Yeah, I was I was a little surprised. I was I'm I'm hurt and disappointed in myself that that Tulsi placed higher than Bernie. But she also uh there were there were a couple points uh that they were talking about where she didn't answer or they didn't have anything on record for her taking a policy position Mm -hmm. so i'm thinking gabbard just snuck in there because there there were a couple free squares um but yeah andrew yang with 10 and i like yang on stage and i like seeing him doing the shows and the interviews uh i i really like him policy wise but in the it wasn't the last debate it was the one before Mm -hmm. when um Crap. Uh, was it was it Judy Woodruff? Uh, whoever the the female PBS moderator wanted to ask Tom Steyer a question, but she and she was looking at him, and she she called him Mister Yang, which obviously not not because of any physical resemblance necessarily, but Andrew Yang was like, "I'm over here," and he's clapping and snapping. And I used to be a bartender, and. Clapping and snapping at someone is not a, it's a good way to get their attention. It's not going to be positive attention. Yeah. You want someone to spit in your drink, you know, put Visine in your food, something like that, snap at your waiter. Well, I don't think Yang can go all the way. I, no, That's I don't think he away. can. That's throwing he's, away He's vote. another one that I, I, I kind of, you know, I dig the, apparently I don't dig his message as much as I thought I did, but I do like the delivery system. So, yeah. But so that's, that's me. Okay. Cat Alvarado. What? Who? Do, okay. Who do you think I got as my top one? Knowing, I'm I'm gonna guess uh, either Biden or Klobuchar. Steyer. Wow. Steyer with 15 points of agreement. Damn. Followed by Bloomberg with 12 points of agreement, tied with Klobuchar, and then Biden, and then Buttigieg. Warren is in one, two, three, four. Warren is in fifth place, followed by Sanders in sixth place. Yang and Gabbard placed last for me. Um, So I'm actually really surprised. I'm surprised and at the same time not surprised that here's what I thought I was more progressive than I am. Uh, Apparently I'm not. (laughs) We still love you. Um, But you know what? I do have a past. Like I, you know, 
I, I hope uh, I hope it can be forgiven. Um, but you know what? I studied economics in in college and in graduate school, and at the time I was more of a libertarian. But since then, I've you know come away more to the first to the center, and then definitely to the left. Um, but I still have this fundamental underpinning of of how I have been taught that the economy works and things that are responsible to do and then things that I don't think would go very well as much as they're well-intentioned. So um, for that reason, it's no surprise actually that these businessmen and I are aligned because because we kind of come from the same background in the same world in terms of how we see the world working, the, the mechanics of it all. So Mechanics um, got to vote too? <laughs> but yeah, Tom Steyer at the top. And I'm not too surprised about Amy Klobuchar, but uh, yeah. I mean, I knew I was probably going to be more towards the middle than Sanders. I, I had a who feeling did, Who did you think? Uh, and if, if I can ask, like, who, if if you've been not necessarily, you know, campaigning for anyone, but if you were stumping for someone or talking anyone up in your conversations, because, you know, I see your Facebook feed, you know. And I was everything. going hard for Warren for a little bit, up until when she waffled on, on Medicare for all, because I, I was going for Warren, and I was between her and Pete Buttigieg, kind of like him, he's got some good ideas, and I think a good head on his shoulders, even though he's more in the center, um, but... You know, Warren, I liked because I have a lot of very progressive friends and I felt like she was a good, you know, handshake in the middle, if you will, where I'm like, okay, I'm more coming selfies. more from the center, right? I'm coming from more from the center. Y'all want something off the deep end. We can agree on Warren. And I liked that. And I'm like, I feel like my Sanders fans can get behind Warren, which is, I think that's why I was supporting her more so than that I agree with her wholeheartedly. I was just like, I feel like we can we can get behind her. Um, I might agree fully with Steyer and Bloomberg, but I don't think they have a shot. <laughs> yeah, well, Bloomberg, uh, you know, it's funny because these these are the two actual billionaires in the race, unlike you know the fake one in mm-hmm. the White House right now. <laughs> and Steyer got to the stage on the last debate because he bought a shitload of ads in uh, South Carolina and Colorado and was able to get his polling up high enough that he qualified for the debate. And it's, it's, I, I am not a fan of buying your way into the race, but it's kind of one of those things like, well, you know, the system's fucked and people are evil. So if someone is going to buy their way, I know, I know it's, it's crazy. I just, these are thoughts I have. Uh, but I, I think, you know, it's, it's that inherent bias that I think, Deep down, if if you're like a true thinking person and truly wanting to be fair, you kind of hate yourself for it, you know, that it's like, well, I mean, I hate to see someone like buying the presidential race, but if someone's got to do it, at least it's, you know, someone from my side. At least it's a good guy, right? Yeah. You know, and, and it's not like, you know, someone who's having Russia buy it for them and then claiming they bought it themselves because <laughs> they picked it out. I, you know, I just, I read I, I hear I smoke cold and I know this things. Shade. <laughs> I think I need a sweater. I, I'm not saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> but so, uh, uh, yeah, Diamond. Mr. Ship. Yeah. Well, let me see here. <laughs> From the black man perspective, I have um, <laughs> Elizabeth Warren. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Tom Steyer. Okay. Bloomberg. I, are these like 
tied or ranked? Like where we? Well, uh, uh, I have uh, Warren and 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 Steyer are twelve twelve, and then I have Bloomberg at ten, Buttigieg at ten, Kobachar at ten, Yang at ten, Sanders eight, Biden seven, and Gabbard is four. Bravo. Wow. See, you came out a lot more like I thought I was going to, at least in terms of the top and the bottom. You I, know? I like Warren because I would like for her to do something. I, I mean, I'm, I've said this to you many times, Dave. I hate the homeless situation. I'm, I want to know, uh, you know, as much as they keep telling us how great our economy is, then damn it, we should not have people sleeping on the fucking freeways. We, we should not be, and don't give me this, pull yourself up by the bootstraps. We just talked about history. We just talked about how things got the way that the way you can't keep, you know, just uh, uh, pricing everybody out of their homes. $70,000 a year will not get you a home in Orange County. It would, you cannot take care of, a, barely take care of a family on it. That's some bullshit. You can't keep telling me, oh, we have the greatest economy. Look how great the economy is doing. But yet, all these fucking tents all over the place. We got billionaires whose kids are dying from fent- taking fucking fentanyl. So everyone's either offing themselves. Suicide rate is up. Okay, we created every one of these psychopathic lunatic motherfuckers that are roaming around. You're telling me now that, okay, oh, you know, keep, go get an education. But if I go get an education, you put a $200,000 loan around my neck just so I can go and get out to go and fight for a job who someone could give it away because we got someone over here who, who lied to get their kid a degree in USC or Yale because they're stars and and now they're going to jail and everybody's cheating basically what I'm saying everyone's cheating I I was talking with some people uh, this week we were talking about the whole the what what do you do with with the whole uh, varsity blues you know college scandal like you know because they're saying well Aunt Becky's daughter uh, you know she what do you do she's sort of the victim here you know, I mean, not the, the, the someone else was like, well, well, what about the person who didn't get in because she didn't? I'm like, well, that, I mean, you can only do so much, you know, replacement for damage that's been done. But we were talking like, what's what's the fair way to to treat the kid? And what I was thinking, and what what seems you can make fair, her go to Cal State LA. Well, that. <laughs> I mean that. That's a joke, and it's funny, but I freaking mean it because that—that's the type of but thing that's going to happen to the person who didn't get in. They're right. going to go to UC Irvine or UC Riverside. Make her go to a school that's not as popular, and you know what? She's probably going to be fine, just like the other person. But she's not going to have access to that alumni network. Okay, she oh. could have went to a regular school, and <laughs> I mean, just a regular college. I mean, look at Meryl Streep's daughter. Meryl Streep's daughter went to a regular college or wherever she went. But guess what? She's also an actress now. Because Maybe her mother's got that kind of pull. I go, well, put my well, daughter. But also because she is a good actress. Yeah, but also, but we didn't know that. Well, we didn't but, know but, that. But, but, but I mean, I'm just saying, she got an opportunity that you and, and, and the regular person just oh, went. She sure. didn't really have to go to college if she didn't but, I mean, want to. But they could have stuck her in there and made her take a couple of classes. That's Lord. part of life, though. I mean, because, yeah, it's, it is fairness. It's bullshit when the rich and powerful cheat to maintain their richness and power. Absolutely. Yeah. But there are there are certain things. I mean, like, you know, your your parents ideally, you know, are going to do things to make the world better for but you. But it's still cheating. It, well, it's no. If they're cheating, 
that's bullshit. But if if like there's certain things with hey, I have connections and I yeah, want to help that you out. Kind of a little bit part of but, life. But, but, but I mean, when, when you but every time, just like when they did in the book Freakonomics and they were checking out. Well, why when they were saying hey, we got to raise the grades of these kids and the school and everything, and the minute money was involved, the teachers started cheating. It wasn't a, so when they put. Hey, right. you'll get a $25,000 bonus if you raise your kid. And the minute they put it in, they put in the books, every teacher started cheating, and here you go. They didn't even want to do the work anymore. They did, Basically, they lied, and they put everything to where the kid didn't have to do the work, and the teacher Well, and they did teach to the test rather than, like, well, it's she, like, we just well, need you to pass this test, well, and then I get my bonus, and then right, you so don't what, need to well, learn anything. Well, well actually, real. yeah, because the teachers were actually doing the test themselves and adding, you know, adding shit up, and they caught them because they did the numbers. And once you put the numbers behind it, you find, oh, just like whether it was sumo wrestling or whatever – Anytime there's money involved, and and you know, and I, Dave, as I always said, once that white boy starts cheating, and he's the main cheater, he's the main cheater. He whether it was you invented something, they found a way to cheat, and they're not doing this like Trump's cheating right now. You know, I'm not saying that that you know, but you can't, you can't have it both ways. You can, and then all of a sudden you 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 form. Uh, a narrative over here that they're trying to take they're trying to take your job you said that the immigration problem is well yeah they're, they're, they're trying to take you no fucker you're over in my country draining my country and you're the one taking my job so i don't i don't really want to come to america i would actually love to stay right here in my own country and work oh, with you. sure all the yeah. jobs are there right but i yeah <laughs> i mean i'd like to form a union but you formed an army to keep me from having a union so i got so guess where i'm going i think i'm going to america oh look and then, as we said that non-educated idiot believed it and said yeah, they're coming over to take our job you know and it's right but no. i feel like you I, have but, a lot of emotions about this time <laughs> i do and i but i believe I, 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 that's why i'm asking you know you, we should you you if you're uh my rent just went up to 1350 how much farther if we hadn't put, if the governor hadn't put a cap on the rent, how much farther do we have to keep paying? And you keep telling me how great my life is. How keep? I mean, you, know, you keep. You I mean, know, I mean do, that that fundamentally is a matter of structure in the way people can invest, what people can treat as commodities versus what they are. And part of the really biggest issues that's driving these housing prices is that they're treating real estate like it's a stock, like it's a commodity, like it's not attached to people's actual well-being and human rights and a right to have a roof over your head. It's not a stock. It shouldn't be used as a commodity. And and hedge funds and these giant uh, corporations should not be able to just buy up swaths of homes using algorithms and then trade them willy-nilly because the price has gone up by X amount or Z amount. And, um, and I mean, really, that's what's happening. That's why they're, you know, they're just stock. But it's the average, treated like well, stocks. And if you, and, if you and that the average American do does not, people. that knowledge she just dropped on us, how many Americans actually know what you just said? Absolutely none. They but, don't know but that. But that's the like, thing. So if, a, if, a you, percent, if you are ignorant maybe. of, you know, the intricacies, you just, you look at it in just a very simple level. Like let's, let's look at Orange County and somewhere like Newport Beach. You know, very nice, very ritzy, excellent. Well, here's here's a surprise for the rich white people, or really the rich people of any color. 
you shit too and you generate garbage and you, you're human uh, barely sometimes but you are and there are people there are services required you need garbage men you you need these things and no one wants to drive two hours to get to work to pick up your fucking trash you're still going to pay someone to do it but if no one who does you know the service jobs can afford to live near you they're going to stop serving you because you I mean, can get a, you can get a service area. job anywhere else restaurants are having and, to be automated up there because nobody who works in the service f- fewer and fewer people who work in the service industry can't afford to live anywhere near those yeah, where their services but, but, are required I, I would say that when people ask uh, you know well you know what's the problem this shit was created and that's why they're saying, you know, they, well, we're going to keep bringing in the bill. The billionaires are the ones who created the problems that the poor yeah. are dealing with. The hedge that, fund you know, people. You know, they wrote the laws, they brought in the legislation, and the politicians allowed the corporate people to come in and do this to their cities. And then you say, well, look at all these homeless and look at them. Yes. You know, and the tragedy is, and no one wants to talk about that hedge fund piece, that, that houses are being treated like commodities. Because you know what happens if we pass a law and suddenly we make all of these laws large uh, investment companies that invest in real estate have to sell off their their real estate assets oh that bubble oh, the market's going to collapse hard and, and a you lot know, Kat, of people would be underwater so it's not going to happen there's 25 yeah trillion. we're depending on climate change to put everyone underwater yeah huh. there's there's 25 trillion dollars sitting in offshore accounts right now 25 trillion these companies how much more money do these people need but yet you 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 oh and real estate's being used to launder that shit mm-hmm. back in because yeah. you you look on Zillow there's a lot of houses that have to be purchased in cash anytime you see shit that's being purchased in cash that is a red flag because you could get that money from fucking anywhere <laughs> just just look at the occupancy rates of uh, Trump buildings right. uh, in New York and uh, a lot of Russians that's in there that's a giant loophole it's very strange. giant loophole yeah. in our economy you can do anything the fuck you want when you buy real estate but it, and it's it. Getting away from the real estate real quick, but kind of going back to what we were talking about and the opportunities in helping people, there was a couple weeks ago on KCRW on the uh, public radio station here in LA was listening and they were talking, you know, was talking about the whiteness of the film industry and the fact that if you look, you know, more at the agencies than at the actual uh, companies like Universal and Fox and Warner and everything. But there's the, you know, the way to get in and, and start working your way up is to do the unpaid internship yep. and, or, you know, very low pay. And really the only people who can afford to get these internships are the ones whose parents are subsidizing their, their life, yep. you know? And if, if you're in that position, I've gotten help from my folks, you know, over the years for things. And it, it's a great, you know, safety valve to have, but there's a lot of people who don't have it. And so be, by I virtue of that job, I can't afford to it. I, I would love, one of my greatest desires would be to be a TV writer, to write for sitcoms or to write for late night. But one of the biggest, just like you just said, one of the biggest ways to get into that career is to do one of these low paying jobs, like be a writing assistant. And granted, even writing assistants, some of them make up like 50 grand a year, I've heard. Uh, but that's not, 
enough for me. I, and I don't know if that makes me sound bougie and spoiled, but I've got student loans. <laughs> I've got a lot going on. Yeah. So that's, and that for me would be such a huge step down. I'm helping my mom. Right. You know, I, and so it's, it's this, like if the entryway is blocked to, to minorities or even just lower income people, then yeah, it's, it's no surprise that the industry is going to look really white and really rich Oh, how'd that happen? I don't know. Facts. Weird. Uh, we're, you know, we're talking well, a lot about numbers. You have to create your own content, too. Oh, how much does it cost to get a camera, lighting, a backdrop, uh, people to help you because it's hard to film shit by yourself of yourself. And then once you do, you well, was, how many union people? Uh, well, we didn't. Uh, well, then we can't take this. It's sorry, you're not paying off the right people. Well, well the the, yeah. I mean, the you, system is stacked, well, you know, and you got to learn how to work against the existing system, or or more of an and or than an or. It's not a hard or. You got to change the system. Money to get Adobe Premiere. Time to learn Adobe Premiere. Time to edit it. Time to redo your work because you fucked it up because you're trying to do it yourself. <laughs> have you Have you watched the uh, the Netflix um, Dolomite? Yeah, my so name is good. Dolomite with Eddie Murphy. So good. That it, it was example. such a great movie, but it it's also such a a great view of the we have no resources, we don't have shit, but we got a dream. You know, it was like the Muppet movie, but for adults. It's like we we got a dream and we're gonna make this happen. And and yeah, they did. I did a uh, little double feature here at home because uh, you know dork. Uh, but there's a uh, there's a streaming service called Canopy with a K that free access. If you got a public library card uh, in, in LA, a lot of different markets. Also, I I'll let them list them or you can go to their website, but uh, 10 movies a month and they've got like criterion collection, uh, but they've got cult films and stuff. It's, it's really pretty awesome. And so I watched, uh, I watched the original Rudy Ray Moore Dolomite on canopy and then watched uh, Netflix. My name is Dolomite. And it was, it was, it was awesome. It was like when Penn and Teller would uh, do the thing where they do a trick and then they show you how it's done and it's, it's all about the show. So it's still really entertaining, but it was, yeah, it was like, it was cool. Like let's, let's see this classic cult film, like, you know, epitome of black exploitation. And then let's, you know, go to the uh, slightly fictionalized story of how it was done. And it, it was awesome. It's a lot of fun. I would highly recommend that. But we were talking facts and numbers, and we're, we are running low on time. So a uh, couple, couple numbers that were in the news this week that I found interesting. Uh, we'll, we'll start low and move high, which, as we'll find out, is actually going lower. Uh, but uh, the first number, 34. Significance of 34 this week? That is how many troops... Uh, how many American soldiers oh, mm-hmm. suffered traumatic brain injuries in the uh, Iranian missile attack that was a uh, was retribution? It was their comeback to us assassinating their their general. Uh, Thirty four troops with again traumatic brain injuries which our president, ever the patriot, ever the supporter of our troops, referred to as headaches. Ah, yeah, they got, they got some headaches, which leads me to think that uh, maybe this is the problem. Donald Trump has had a really, 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 really bad headache for a really, really, really long time. <laughs> and I think maybe, maybe 
he should go see a real doctor uh, and get his get his headache evaluated because you know there was the old uh, on Bullwinkle you know uh, that brain raid does not affect moose no brain no effect so maybe we should just like let's get an MRI let's see what's rattling around in there and and because uh, I, I truly believe the president has a very very severe headache First let's all, call it I a headache it's so tragic that 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 happened and it's just it's not surprising but it's ugh, so predictable and gross that he said that and i just i hope he's the author of his own undoing and i have faith that he will be like kind of in the same way mussolini was where they're too they make such shitty decisions that it ultimately affects the outcome of their story right because he's well got, we know we know the republicans a, in congress aren't gonna help he's, push him out the door he's got like a not exactly legit doctor working on his health stuff so that can't be good and then dr nick <laughs> hey everybody hey dr nick exactly he's it's basically like a weed doctor right? <laughs> where it's like it's a doctor in well, that sense but actually from my experience the weed doctors are usually the yeah, they're medical students or, you know, when you get to that level of resident or something where, mm-hmm. well, technically, yeah, you're a doctor. You still things. got some schooling to finish. But, well, no, like, but doctors, like not a doctor like me. Yeah. You know, uh, who I think is the one who's treating Trump, you know, and I mean, not to slight my doctorate, uh, the Universal Life Church is a very well-respected uh, domain on the Internet. <laughs> <laughs> so funny, but the but the other thing is, and, and here's why I hope it will be Trump's undoing is that a, like some of his the doctors, not the doctors, the lawyers on his impeachment team are TV lawyers, or they worked on the OJ trial and and that sort of a deal. And uh, maybe that's not the right defense. Maybe someone who doesn't specialize in like constitutional law isn't who should be representing you in something that comes down a lot to constitutional law and what the founding fathers think. Well, but if you know the game, you know how to twist it. You know, so I, I mean, so. I, not like Alan Dershowitz but... has any credibility anymore. You know, but he, he is a, a constitutional law professor. So who? Even though he's completely wrong, you know, when he says, well, uh, abuse of power isn't an impeachable offense, actually, or right there in the uh, <clears throat> Constitution. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's but that's also Trump's way. It's like you hire the experts who at least once were respected in their field. And if they're willing to lie for you for money, it lends the lie a little bit of credibility because, you know, they got the street cred. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, you know, it's it's constitutional law professor with an asterisk. Yeah. Um, another number that uh, I wanted to talk about, and speaking about Donald Trump's headache, 142. 142, big number of the week. That was, uh, it's a record-breaking number. 142 tweets from Donald Trump in oh, one wow. day. In a day? Now, uh, admittedly, uh, 124 of them were retweets. There were only 18 original because, you know, let's face it, the man doesn't have much originality behind (laughs) him. Uh, But, yeah, a record-breaking 142 tweets in one day just to prove. Yeah, that's that's the one thing because much of them, including the 18 originals, were in response to the impeachment, impeachment proceedings going on in the Senate right now. 
which is the only thing that makes it believable when Trump says he hasn't been watching the the hearings. It's like, well, no, of course you've been you buried in Twitter, but I'm sure they were on in the background. Right. I I think he was just he had a very uh constipated day and was on it's the toilet for a long time. I, it's, I, I, it's I think that's ultimately what's... <laughs> he's got a headache and he needs to shit and he's just been in the bathroom all I day. I think so. And by headache, uh, I just want to make it very clear, I mean traumatic brain injury. <laughs> Mr. Shep, 100, 142 posts in one day. Your thoughts? <laughs> you know, he was actually... Um, it's kind of like when they, they calculated he had told... Like I think sixteen thousand lies, so I'm not surprised. I mean, the guy is the the lies were right up there with the tweets. It reminds mm-hmm. me of the old uh, commercial for I don't remember if it was the Army or the Marines, but like we do more before nine a.m. than you do in a whole day, and it's like the man lies more times before nine a.m. and I'll, I'll cut him a little slack because we are in different time zones, but. Uh, no, we uh, yeah we're a nation in trouble and uh, it's all collapsing. So let's have some fun while we can. Uh, but let's try and have some uh, fun while we're fixing things as well. Sure, I think that's a that's a good point to go out on. Yeah. Okay. Let's, yeah. Uh, you know, let's do, do what we can to make the world a better place. But uh, take care of yourselves, people, because you can't take care of anyone else unless you're taking care of yourself. And when I say take care of yourself, I don't mean that in a in a Trump. Uh, Ambassador Yovanovitch kind of we got to take care of her kind of way. I mean, like, genuine self care. Read a book. I want to. I want to read a quote. Have a donut. I want to read a quote. Read from a quote. The uh, the new Equinox marketing emails. Uh oh. If self obsession turns you into a gift, not just to yourself, but a gift to the world, does that not make self obsession the most selfless act of all? Okay, so here's another thing you can do to make the world a better place and do it at Equinox. They're not open 24 hours, right? No. Okay, so when the Equinox gyms are closed at night, go full on Fight Club. Let's let's burn these places to the ground. And it's you're not burning them to the ground out of a sense of revenge. It's about self-obsession. Exactly. You're doing it because they told you to. So on that note, uh, make the world a better place, burn down the Equinox gyms, and uh, have fun and be good to people. That's that's the messaging for this show. Uh, I will go scream it over uh, a woman who's supposed to be speaking because apparently that's what we do nowadays when we have important messages. With that, I want to thank you guys for coming in. Cat October, unforgivable. Been way too long. Let's, let's do something about this. Mm-hmm. But thank you so much for being here today. I'll be always back soon. a pleasure. I hope so. Yeah. It's always fun. And uh Villains of History podcast, definitely check it out. In follow addition me, to that, yeah, where can Instagram. people find you on uh, yeah. on the interwebs and in, in the person if uh, you should so desire that they do in the coming days? Yeah, or sure. Months? So I post my shows on my Instagram. So follow me at the Cat Alvarado. That's cat with a C C A T A L V A R A D Oh, same thing on Twitter. I haven't been that active on Twitter, but recently for my New Year's resolution, I am trying to post funny shit on the regular. So follow me on Twitter for funny randomness. And yeah, that's that's where you can find me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. As always, Mr. Time and Ship, thank you so much for being here. Uh, should you so desire, where can people find you online or in person in the coming days, weeks, and months? Uh, time and at Twitter, time and ship at Twitter, time and ship at Instagram, time and ship at uh, Facebook. You can also get my book, My East St. Louis, 
on uh, Amazon.com as well as my comedy CD, which is on iTunes and Spotify. And Kat, we do love the hair, so definitely post a picture. We can see the hair being redone. Yeah, so we waited patiently. So, so hey, we love it. Yeah, we're we're not just fully. Thank you for like, waiting. You know, <laughs> sexist kind of thing is there. There is relevance to the hair discussion hair. today. Yeah. Red hair. Yeah. yeah, they had to wait. It was getting it done before the show, and it went ran way over, way over. But so. it looks great. Thanks. We waited. Yeah. To die for. To die for. Pun. Die. Hey, okay, enough of that. I'm Dr. David Robinson. You can catch me on the socials, Dr. David Robinson, on Facebook, on the Twitter. I am at Stand Up Fall Down. And if you've made it this far through the show, you already know, but it bears repeating that we are on Facebook at Let's Be Treasonable, all spelled out. And on Twitter, it is at L-E-T-S-B-T-R-E-A-S-O-N-A-B-L. We take off the E's and pass the savings on to you, the listener. Speaking of you, the listener, we want to thank you for listening. If you like the show, tell everyone you know. If you didn't, you can keep it to yourself. We don't mind. We'll let it go. But we hope you come back next week. Bring some friends with you. We'll kick back. We'll have some fun. Come out to the coast. We'll laugh. Have a party. It'll be nice. Uh, We will be back next week. Hopefully, you will too. Until then, goodbye. goodbye.